What up, world? Welcome back to a playoff edition of Locked on Blazers. I am your pass-first point guard, Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, coming to you live Monday evening where the Blazers find themselves in a 1-0 hole after losing Game 1 in Denver tonight, 121-113. Let's just, uh, that's all we're going to talk about tonight. That's it. Three segments on Game 1. We'll look ahead to Game 2 a little bit in the third segment, but uh, let's start with these first two, just what went wrong, what we saw tonight at the Pepsi Center. So, I thought the Blazers weathered the storm early. I don't I don't think they played. They had played particularly well, but a really high-scoring first quarter where neither team could stop either one. CJ was really good in that first quarter. Blazers tied at 32 after, after one. Nuggets took a... Uh, three-point lead into halftime and I don't think the Blazers played particularly well and I I think there was I I think the last four minutes of the second quarter really sort of set the tone for where this game was going to go in the second half Uh, they started turning the ball over their offense just wasn't producing a lot of quality shots Uh, they just were kind of struggling a lot of unforced things maybe just losing some 50-50 balls that maybe weren't necessarily their fault, just bad bounces and stuff like that, but then some careless things that were their fault. Just, you know, uh, Dame trying to thread passes through the lane that didn't wor- that weren't very effective. Uh, and then the, the Thunder just, or excuse me, I'm, I'm still in, in round one mode. The, the Nuggets took advantage and they got, they got a slight edge at halftime, but up three heading into the break. But the Blazers really kind of biffed away a, a small lead there in the uh, end of the end of the first or end of the second quarter, heading into halftime. Uh, not that they could have been in like this great command, uh, but but they had a chance to at least have a little edge, and instead they've had themselves a little deficit. I don't think that was the difference in the game. I don't mean to suggest that, uh, but it was certainly a factor. We'll talk more about sort of those factors, those trends in, in the second segment, but. Uh, just getting through our mini recap of this game. Uh, there were questions before the uh, before the game whether Cantor was going to play. If you listen to my podcast that came out yesterday, I had no question whether Cantor was going to play. Uh, it just he's he's just being coy. The Blazers are just being coy. Uh, obviously, he has shoulder troubles. Uh, he dunked in the first quarter and hung on the rim with his left hand and immediately grimaced and then pointed to his. His temple kind of tapped his temple as if to say, I have to be smarter. Yeah, Ennis. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. I feel like you knew that your shoulder hurt before you dunked and hung on the rim. Um, but he was fine. You know, he, he, at least offensively, he was, he was really good. He came out early at 10 points in the first quarter, finished with 26 and seven. So 11 and 14 from the field. Um, one of the shots he missed was down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's kind of crucial, but, uh, he wasn't the problem tonight. Uh, I, for the most part, I thought he was really good. Um, you can tell he's having troubles with his left hand, so I'm, I, I'm not or left shoulder. I'm not trying to suggest that he's not hurt by any means. Um, but this was kind of what you expected. If he was going to play, he would he would play to his strengths and do what he does, which is he can score and he can score efficiently. Uh, the Thunder took a little bit of advantage of him defensively. I will talk about that in the second segment too. Uh, but. Also in that first quarter, C.J. McCollum had 10, hit two just step-into-it-pure-as-they-can-be threes. He finished with 16. He only had six points in the final three quarters. That's a mess. I've talked about it a bunch on this podcast, and I'll talk about it again. 
dedicate another 25 seconds of your life to this. The playoffs are going to be about stars for the Blazers as much as they're about their role players. And two of their role players, Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu, had some real duds offensively tonight. But the Blazers are going to go as far as their stars carry them. They could have survived games where, where Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless combined for uh, a whopping four points on two of seven shooting combined. Mo Harkless did not grab a rebound in this game and fouled out in 22 minutes. He wasn't very good. Alfruk Aminu, he wasn't very good either. Two points, eight boards in 28 minutes. He was one for five. He he missed his only three-point attempt. He had a really awful turnover in the fourth quarter when the Blazers were looking like they were going to make a comeback, just traveling in the open floor, trying to make a cross-court pass, kind of caught in between whether he should take an extra dribble or go ahead and make the pass to Dame, who was fading to the corner. Ended up traveling when he saw Jamal Murray in his peripherals. But like I said, I think the Blazers can survive when those dudes don't play well. I don't think they can survive when CJ has a game like this. And he wasn't terrible, terrible. This wasn't sort of just this like epic meltdown game from CJ. But he was 16 points on 7 of 17 shooting. And more than anything else, he just didn't do anything after that big first quarter. 4 of 8 in the first quarter. He only got 9 shots the rest of the game. He had Gary Harris on him. The Nuggets had a little defensive wrinkle. This now, As I sit here now, this defensive wrinkle seems really obvious. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself for not thinking about this earlier and talking about it on the podcast I did with Adam Morris uh, on Monday. But they, Torrey Craig started. He started the last five games for the Nuggets as they move Will Barton, who was struggling, to the bench. So they put Torrey Craig on Damian Lillard. They put, that allowed Gary Harris to play on... C.J. McCollum, those are their two best perimeter defenders putting on the, on the Blazers' two best players. That's a pretty simple solution. I think I could have thought of that if I would given it a little more thought. Michael Malone, professional NBA coach, did think of that. Pretty good move by him. Uh, I don't know if it slowed Dame so much. 12 of 21, 39 points. Uh, he, his shot was a little bit off to start this game, but he still hit three of his first eight threes, uh, which is like 38%, um, slightly above league average so when he's bad he's still slightly above league average that's where dame's at these days but he had he finished with 39 six dimes he had six turnovers uh, a lot of just sort of driving against double teams the nuggets did the things that you expect nuggets to do they sent double teams at him they forced him to get the ball out of his hands i thought dame was a little bit more resistant to get the ball out of his hands in this game particularly when they were losing than he has been in the past uh, some of that might just be because they were down and he wanted to put his imprint on the game. Some of it might be because Alfred Camino and Mo Harkless were bad. And swinging the ball to them when you know that they're 1 for 4 or 0 for 3 or whatever gives you less confidence. But Dame has to trust that. And this was just a night where he needed CJ to be really big. CJ was really, really good in that first round series, averaging a very efficient 24, almost 25 a game. They need him. They need that version of CJ McCollum to show up. I haven't touched much on the on the Nuggets. I want to come back in the second segment and do a, a lot on the Nuggets, a lot on Jokic, who was fantastic. I haven't touched on the Blazers' big bench player, who I thought could be an X-Factor in this series and had a really nice 18 minutes off the bench. So I'll do that in the second segment. Keep rocking with me. But first, I want to tell you guys all about Zip Recruiter. Listen, hiring is a challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. 
ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over a thousand of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top, spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, Lockdown Blazers listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Lockdown. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Lockdown. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, so we talked a lot of Blazers in that first segment and and, and uh, sort of what we saw from them. What we saw from the Nuggets was them playing as sort of well as they can. I don't think the Blazers played much defense in this game, uh, not because they didn't want to, just because they struggled a lot with defending the Nuggets. Unlike OKC, which they have a fairly predictable offense, uh, I, I don't know that the Nuggets are running like way more sets. I don't want to. I don't want to spell it out like that. I think what the Nuggets are doing because of their personnel and the way that Jokic works with uh, their spaced floor is that they're less predictable. They just have more stuff they can do, and they did more stuff. The uh, the dribble handoffs with Jokic and Murray, the Blazers really struggled to stop. Uh, Paul Millsap was a load inside. I, the Blazers don't have a great option to guard him. And Jokic was just, he was the best player on the floor tonight. 37 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. 11 of 18 from the floor, he had 3 threes, made all 12 of his free throws. Jamal Murray, who I've said and I'll say it again, he's the measuring stick or the bell cow or whatever for whether this Nuggets team is good or bad. When he was bad in their 3 losses to the San Antonio Spurs, he averaged less than 14 points per game. When he was good, he was over 20. Tonight he had 23, he was 8 of 15, hit 3 of 6 threes, had 8 assists. He was really good. That's, I mean, that's their formula. Their bench largely outplayed uh, the Blazers' bench. Mason Plumlee had a really fun line, 6.6 rebounds, 5 steals. Uh, He had a positive 24 minutes in my mind, even though plus minus puts him at minus 3. I guess any minutes where Jokic sits, the Nuggets are worse. But I thought Plumlee wasn't terrible. He played some minutes next to Jokic where he was not terrible, and and I think that's big. Uh, some minutes where they don't have to play Millsap, and some uh, Plumlee gave him gave him a couple put back dunks. He had two offensive boards, scored on both of them. He was he was valuable. Malik Beasley hit two threes and was good. Nine points for him. Will Barton, who has been like unplayably bad, got benched earlier in the playoffs. Had nine off the bench. Blazers didn't get much from their bench. Zach Collins, four points and four fouls in 19 minutes. He did have one huge block that almost changed the momentum. Blazers were down five. Will Barton is on a fast break. Zach Collins tracks back, blocks a, blocks a shot off the board. Blazers get a run out the other way, and Ennis Cantor, he only missed three shots. This is the one I'm talking about that was big. He had a, he had a little, like, maybe nine-foot fade jumper that hit the rim about six times, and he just didn't get the kind roll, the type of kind roll that he'd been getting all night. Instead of it being a three-point game, the Nuggets came the other way. Gary Harris hit a three-eight-point game. Blazers never really got back after that one. But Rodney Hood, he was the big guy off the bench for the Blazers. 17 points in 18 minutes. 
he, his stats are probably better than he played, to be totally honest. Uh, he, he kept the Blazers afloat a little bit in the first half with, with um, some nice minutes, and, and he came out early in, in the, as the first sub off the bench in the third quarter and gave the Blazers some nice minutes. But I, I don't think that he was, he was super crucial. I think they probably get crushed without his contribution. But this wasn't one of those nights where you say you should put uh, Hood in over Harkless. Uh, even though Harkless was bad and Amina was bad, I don't think uh, what Hood was offering defensively and, and sort of how the way he was getting his points is really valuable. He was scoring in isolation like Rodney Hood does. I'm not trying to belittle him. I'm just trying to say that if you think he's the solution at three or four, um, I would have to disagree. I don't think that's the spot where uh, where his real value is. But he was probably the Blazers' best bench player by a lot. <laughs> he was probably the best Blazers' best wing by a lot. You know, third on the team in points. He had 17 on five of 10. You know, CJ finished 16 on seven of 17. So. Uh, Hood wins the efficiency battle, but I don't know. He, he was fine. He was fine. He was he was a really he was a he provided a useful, um, if not game changing lift. But the Blazers lost this game the way that I talked about how they had lost the game against OKC. They turned the ball over a lot, eighteen times, that led to thirteen points. Excuse me, that led to 23 points for the Denver Nuggets. That's the difference in the game. It's not Rodney Hood. It's not, it's not really C.J. McCollum. It's not really Aminu and, and Mo Harkless. And it's not really the defense. It is the defense because they gave up 50% shooting and, and the Nuggets banged home 12 of 29 threes. That's over 40% from three. But the Blazers were fine on offense. They just didn't give themselves enough shots. You know, they had an opportunity. Um, if they don't turn the ball over 18 times, which is 16% of their possessions, uh, as I mentioned in my previous sort of stat-heavy podcast about the first-round series, the two reasons that the Blazers should have lost Game 1 of the OKC series and then did eventually lose Game 3 is because they turned the ball over more than 16% of the time. They're down about 12% during the year, so this is just a handful more of tur- you know a handful more turnovers. Meaningful turnovers in, in a possession basketball game like the playoffs are going to lend themselves to being. Damian Lillard had six, trying to a lot of them just trying to split double teams and then drive into a crowd and find someone. But the Blazers also just had some unforced turnovers. Just stupid passes. Uh, Aminu had one where he tried to flip it back to Dame and, and it just basically passed the ball to Demarcus Beasley. Just, just little cross-court things that didn't work, trying to fit passes in uh, on pick-and-rolls that didn't work. Nuggets aren't this elite defensive team. They're not a bad defensive team. They're not a very good one, but they're not awful. Like they're, Jokic is big and uses his size well, uses his good hands well. Uh, they're active and, and, and at least attentive on defense, if not effective. Uh, their starting group with, with uh, Torrey Craig and, and Millsap and Gary Harris, that's a fine defensive team. Uh, those three guys can mask the defensive deficiencies of, of Jokic and, and, and Harris, or Jokic and, and Murray. Blazers just had too many unforced turnovers. That's the difference in this game. I mean, I, to harp on turnover percentage, because that's the kind of guy I am, you turn the ball over 17% of your possessions, you're going to lose. Blazers 
have basically survived a game one in the opening round when the other team missed a million three-pointers. Then they lost game three with this exact same stat profile. They lost game one here with that same stat profile. You just can't do it. All the other things, all other things being equal, the Blazers have five less turnovers. They probably win this game. They shot 50% from the field. So you get six more possessions. That's probably three more buckets. Gets conservatively six more points. They lost by eight. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if you agree with that math because that still equals negative two, but I'm assuming that the Nuggets don't go down and score the other way. So, yeah, I think, I think turnover is the difference in the game. When we get back for the third segment, I want to talk a little bit about what the Blazers do in game two. It's Wednesday night. I think you can guess the first one is probably not turn the ball over as much. See if you can guess the next ones. All right, welcome back. Still Mike Richmond, still locked on Blazers. So how does Portland flip the script and win game two? Because some sort of old playoff adage, uh, all you need is to win one or you take back home court advantage or the play or the series doesn't start until someone wins a game on the road. More importantly, teams with home court advantage that go up 2-0 win like 85% of the series. It takes a special effort to come back from a 2-0 hole. If the Blazers have a chance, game two, they got to win game two in my mind. If you believe they can win this series and you believe they can come back from a 2-0 hole, well, you're more optimistic than me and more power to you. But I think they cannot win the series if they don't go back to Portland with one win. So what do they do on Wednesday evening? Well, as I mentioned, turn the ball over a little bit less. Do less dumb stuff. Do less, just fire less passes into a crowd. Don't get caught in the air trying to, uh, trying to make a decision on pick and rolls. Both the passer and the roller have to be on the same page on those. You leave your feet, you're going to give up easy points. The Thunder are, or the, I'm, I got to get out of this Thunder thing. I've recorded too many OKC podcasts. The Nuggets are really good in transition. You know, they, they're, when they don't have to play against a set defense, they're really good. When they do have to play against a set defense, they're really good. Their offense is killing the Blazers tonight, but you've got to keep them out of transition. Step one, turn the ball over a little bit less. Step two, and the Blazers went to this a little bit late, and I think we will see more of it, but I don't know how much we'll see. Put Cantor on Paul Millsap. Let Al Farouk Aminu get bullied around a little bit with Jokic. And put Mo Harkless on Jamal Murray. That would be my change. Put Dame on. Put Dame on Tory Craig. Put CJ on Gary Harris. Those are your five matchups. A little bit of cross matching. I guess it's a little bit confusing. Uh, in transition, you can't always pick up. But if 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 they walk the ball up the court, those are the matchups you want. Here's why I think Amido on Jokic helps. One, he's a pretty good post defender. Um, I know he gets banged on a lot for all of his um, weird things, and he was bad tonight. But he's a pretty good post defender. Jokic is strong as hell. He got whatever he wanted against Ennis Cantor. Didn't really work. Give Amino his chance. And two, if you put 
Harkless on Jamal Murray, you can switch more of that stuff in the dribble handoffs. And I know this is really X's and O's-y, but th- this is what it comes down to in the playoffs. Some X's and O's nerdy stuff. And I think allowing, uh, being able to switch those DHOs um, will help the Blazers because the way they were doing it with sort of uh, the guard trailing behind the dribble handoff and kind of trying to catching up from the back, which is kind of the classic way you've seen the Blazers play defense for a few years, uh, it allows Murray to kind of, if he doesn't get anything, he can he can wait and, and re-screen and do another handoff with Jokic. And Jokic is so creative uh, with with uh, with his pass, his ball fakes, pass fakes, with when to hand off, when to hold, all that stuff. Just a lot of options. And then in that in sort of the traditional defense they're playing when when Cantor's dropped back, it gives Jokic a little bit more space, and he has a little more space to shoot it. But he has also more space just to t- to eat up that space really quickly, take a step forward, start getting downhill, use his strength to bully himself into the paint. When he gets into the paint, help has to come. He's a great passer. All things break down. So put Amino on him. That's my solution. I would try it out. I would try 25 minutes of Aminu guarding him. Now, Aminu is a pretty good post defender. The type of people he has struggled against are the type of people that Nikola Jokic is. When when Aminu has, when people have always said, he's too small to play power forward. Well, one, I think those people don't understand the modern NBA. And two, I think that they're just watching him get bullied by Blake Griffin and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, that's a strange caveat to say now that he's going to play against someone who's an absolute bully in the post. But he can hold his own. It's not like the Blazers played much defense or did much to stop him and much to stop Jokic in this game, who played 41 minutes and got whatever he wanted. I think this solution allows you to put your two best defenders on the most, the, the Nuggets' most powerful offensive option. It gets your two best defenders at the point of attack. Now, Harkless fouled out pretty quickly in this game, and Aminu did too. So maybe it's not a solution that works, but I think it's a solution that works a little bit. thought Myers Leonard in his 12 minutes was, uh, was he was fine um, defensively. I, I, I think that is something that they might have to roll back to and try again, is more Myers Leonard. Uh, I don't think this was the game where you say, look, he can really help. Uh, he still had some Myers Leonard type plays, uh, kind of getting missing a wide open uh, free throw jumper that he can make, that he clanged, uh, hesitating on another one, missing a ball in the pick and roll where he was looking for something else and it just never materialized. He's always going to have those limitations, but he's strong and he can shoot it, and I think that can help in this series. He sets good screens. I think that can help in this series. I'm not saying get rid of cancer altogether. I think his offense is really valuable and his ability to score in the pick and roll was kept the Blazers afloat, kept the Blazers in the game in the first quarter, in the whole first half. And Cantor's offense is going to be really valuable. You're going to play him. But I think try him more against Millsap. I think that's the move. Beyond that, I think you just need another, you need a bigger game from CJ. You need your stars to be stars. I don't think the Nuggets showed that they're this like vastly superior team in game one. But I did think that they exposed, they, they presented all their challenges. They struggled to shoot the ball a lot against the San Antonio Spurs. They didn't struggle to shoot the ball tonight. Maybe they have an off night shooting game two, but if they don't, this is the challenges that they have. They got a lot of dudes who can shoot it. They can spread you out and go small and play with a ton of space. They can stay kind of big with Plumlee and Millsap. 
Plumlee, they're just straight up big. I don't know why I'm saying kind of big. But with, with Millsap in the game, they're kind of big. And give you problems like that. They've got versatility on offense, and they've got they've got Jokic who's playing at an MVP level. Dame was close to an MVP level tonight. He was he was just not as sharp as he was against OKC, not as deadly, and his sidekick wasn't that good. And the Blazers turned the ball over a million times. So there you got it. Have the stars be stars, turn the ball over a little bit less, and try a a defensive wrinkle that we saw the Blazers go to at the very end of the game. A little bit in the fourth quarter with Aminu and Harkless guarding Jokic and Murray. Go to that early. See if it works. Try to steal game two. Don't think you can come back to Portland down 0-2 and win this series. Game two is Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you're listening to this somewhere else, do the math. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of these this week and throughout the playoffs. You can find this podcast on the Himalaya app. We're also on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And remember, when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play Podcast Locked on Blazers. I appreciate you guys listening. I'll talk to you soon.